The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a finish strong Friday. You know what that means for your families, for your companies, for whatever. Finish the work week strong so you feel good about it all weekend long. Just realized that rhymed right there, by the way. Shout out to intern Casey, who posted a quick video of me doing the, oh, <laughs> yeah, it is, on our Twitter handle, at Ross Tucker Pod. I retweeted it, at Ross Tucker NFL. Corey Lafreniere is our first winner. That's who's presenting every Friday. Winners. We like winners. I want winners. I want people that want to win. So I don't know if it's Lafreniere, Lafreniere. I'm not sure. But Corey, I can tell, was a Raiders fan. And he liked one of our shows recently on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. That is always appreciated. Every little like and tweet and retweet and quote tweet and everything counts. So thank you, Corey. Hit me up with an email. Ross at RossTucker.com. Let me know what exactly you would like, and I will be more than happy to send you a signed picture or a signed card. Those are kind of the two options right now. By the way, before I forget, Dana Nielsen, if you're out there, my autograph to you came back. Like, it it bounced back. I don't know if you moved or there's a change of address, but... Whatever address I had for you, it did not go through and it, it bounced back. So I need a new address for you, Dana Nielsen. The sponsor confirmation email winner is James Caro, who took advantage of our deal at NetSuite. Very smart, James. I think NetSuite was actually, if memory serves, NetSuite was actually a it's just like a free trial. You just kind of go and check it out and see um, you get a free product tour. So if you go to the homepage at RossTucker.com or if you go to the Sponsors tab, you can check out Oracle NetSuite free product tour. So anyway, James, same deal. Send me an email, Ross at RossTucker.com. Let me know uh, if you'd rather have a signed picture. It's me in a Bills uniform 
for a signed football card. I still got Redskins, Bills, and Cowboys cards. Shout out today. The patron shout out goes to Jason Higa. I think it's Higa. H-I-G-A. So thank you, Jason. H-I-G-A. He is a Tuckheads level member, which means he has already jumped in head first into our private Slack channel. And his, his handle is uh, Johnny Utah. I like it, Jason. Like it very much. Patreon.com slash RT Media for the rest of you who want to get involved. I've never seen our Slack channel have this many posts, this many people talking about it was the coronavirus for a while. Now it's uh, racial inequality and the protests, everything. It's, it's a really, really cool space where everybody gets along and is free to express uh, their opinions on subjects. I love it. I, I love chiming in and reading what you guys post every day. Patreon.com slash RT Media. It's Big Show time. Greg Cosell. The Big Show. Greg, the amount of praise we've gotten for this series so far is really, really cool. Because, we, I mean, we just invented this. Like, we've never done this before. This has usually been an off time. Uh, but we decided to give it a shot. People are loving it. We posted Intern Casey on our Twitter and Instagram, at Ross Tucker Pod, posted that we would be doing coverages today and how to attack those coverages, the strengths and weaknesses of those coverages. And several people said, oh, that's awesome. That's what I was going to ask for. That's what I wanted you guys to do. So um, works out very, very well for us. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to this will be an extended conversation. So we're going to split it into two parts, part one and part two, where we go over uh, most of the coverages. I mean, there's a lot of like hybrid coverages, but we'll go over most of the coverages <laughs> and the strengths and weaknesses, where people try to attack those coverages, et cetera. Um, and it'll be fun. And we can start, uh, Greg, at cover zero. And I'm going to let you describe the coverages. So cover zero. Well, cover zero is essentially what happens when it, there's an all-out blitz and you're playing man-to-man across the board and there's no deep, free defender. So it's pure man-to-man. There's no free player. And what happens when you do that is you rush six because five defenders are matched up man-to-man against the five eligible receivers. So you rush six and you play pure man-to-man across the board and there's no free defender. You know, it's interesting, Greg, because everybody calls cover one, and we'll get to that momentarily. Everyone calls cover one man-to-man. But this is man-to-man in the truest sense because cover one, you do have that deep safety in the middle of the field. Whereas cover zero, this is as man-to-man as it gets. There is no help anywhere. You are always blitzing one more guy than the offense has to block. And the strength of it is you're going to get pressure or you should get pressure because you've got one more guy coming than they have to block. 
Theoretically, right. Ross, don't forget, if teams that do play cover zero, like the Patriots will play it, the Eagles will play it, and teams know from tape study when the likelihood of cover zero might happen. So teams can protect with enough to deal with six defenders. There's six blitzers, six rushers, I should say. So they can do that. But the bottom line is you will rush six and you'll play man-to-man across the board. Now, you're outside corners because you're 100% right. There's no help defender in the middle of the field. There's no free safety defender. So outside corners will play with what we call inside technique, and they'll try to push receivers to the sideline, not to the middle of the field. Remember, there's no help. So they try to push receivers to the sideline because the sideline, in effect, becomes another defender. Right. The sideline is their help. The sideline is, is their extra defender. And what I would say is, Greg, because you, you said rush six, because everybody has man-to-man responsibilities, if the offense decides to keep an extra guy in to block those six, usually yep. whoever is supposed to cover him is going to then read blitz, green dog, whatever you want to call it. They're going to then, if, the if their guy right. blocks, they're going to come blitz. Right, that's exactly, and what you called it is correct. So in any man concept, okay, what normally happens, and we're starting with cover zero and we'll move on quickly here, but in any man concept, normally what happens, if you're covering a back or a tight end, if you're a safety, a linebacker, and you're man-to-man on a back or a tight end, if that back or tight end stays into pass protect, what you're normally taught is then you add into the pass rush. That's not a that's not a blitz in a strict sense. It's what we call a green dog. So here's the question, Greg. What are the strengths and weaknesses of cover zero as you see it? Well, cover zero, you're just going all out pressure. That's really what you're doing. It's really more pressure-based than coverage-based. You're trying to speed up the quarterback. In an ideal world, you're trying to get a free rusher. Um but you're just trying to speed up the quarterback and make him have to get rid of the football way quicker than he wants to. Is it fair to say, Greg, because I'm thinking, like, what are the routes people run against it? What are the ways to attack it? I think it depends on how the corners, or anybody really, how they elect to play it. A lot of times, like, sometimes they'll be up and they'll press – and be all over the receiver they're covering because they know the quarterback has to get rid of the ball quickly and they want to take away the Or they can be the short, off, depending on the stuff. down and distance. If I'm not mistaken, and I can't, I could be wrong. Somebody listening could remember. I'm just trying to see it in my mind's eye. I think the final interception in the Super Bowl of the Patriots and the Rams that Goff threw came against cover zero, but I believe it was a longer yardage situation, so the corners were playing off. So you can play cover zero multiple ways on the outside. You can press or you can play off if it's third and nine. You, see, you're expecting the ball to come out quick. That's the thing. I mean, if I'm, I'm almost certain that the, the touchdown that um, 
Peyton, uh, uh, Eli Manning threw to Plaxico Burris in the Super Bowl uh, in 2007 season came against cover zero, and I believe it was Alice Hobbs might have been the corner, and he was playing cover zero. So it was Sluggo, and he jumped the slant route because you're expecting the ball to come out quick because of the pressure. Right, exactly. And sometimes they can play off because, let's say it's third and 12, you come with the all-out blitz. The idea is... Let them throw a four-yard pass, you come up and tackle them. Correct. So, it's funny. I don't know what you think of, Greg, when you think cover zero. I think of, I'm an Eagles fan growing up, right? I think of Buddy Ryan. I mean, I just think of Buddy Ryan, and and it seemed like a lot of times those cornerbacks were isolated because he was bringing the heat. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, he did that a lot with the, the 85 Bears. So let's get to cover one then, Greg, which is a more common, commonly played defense. It's man to man, but well, I don't want to take your, I don't want to steal your thunder. You you describe cover one. Cover one is another man to man concept, but this time there's a safety in the middle of the field, what we call a free safety or a post safety. He is the deep post player, so it's man to man. And you can rush five because then you'll have six defenders who are in coverage, five to play man-to-man and one post safety. So a lot of times when teams play cover one, as we call it, and the one stands for the post safety, is you will rush five. Now, in today's NFL, with a lot of quarterbacks who are really mobile, a lot of times instead of rushing five, what defenses will do is rush four and take a defender and use him to sort of track or spy the quarterback, depending on who the quarterback is. But you can rush five. And again, now you're in a position where you can have multiple pressure concepts with five-man pressures. But it's man-to-man with a single post safety. Strengths and weaknesses of the coverage. Well, what you have in cover one is you now have the ability for your your corners, whether it's an outside corner and or a slot corner, uh, to push uh, a receiver to help to your post safety uh, d- defender. So you you technically do have help now. Very often, what you'll do with corners in cover one is they will play more of a pure man technique in the sense that they're not necessarily going to rely on their help. But one element of this is, particularly on the outside, is you'll see, and this factors into two-man coverage, which we'll get to next, this what you'll see sometimes, depending on how it's taught, is you'll see corners, uh, depending on the split of receivers, undercut or tailgate receivers because they know they have a player over the top. So they're not necessarily concerned about getting beat on a vertical route. But now this all depends on the split of receivers and the nature of routes, which comes from film study. But one technique that's used in cover one, but more so in two-man, which we'll get to, is this tailgating or undercutting concept because you know you have help over the top. So um, you have help in the middle of the field, Greg, but a lot of times if you're an outside corner and the receiver runs an outside route, you know, a deep fade or whatever, your, your middle of the field safety is probably not going to get there. No. And 
especially in today's NFL with an increase in what we call three-by-one sets, meaning there's three receivers lined up to the wide side of the field and a single receiver to the boundary. If you're playing cover one to that, very often the single post safety is cheated to the three-receiver side. So the boundary corner is basically playing pure man with no help. And he just has to match up and play man. Is it fair to say, Greg, a strength of it is you get to rush five. Anytime you rush five, you've got five known rushers. You know, you should be able to get more pressure more often. So that that is a strength. That's one of the reasons why people like to do it. They like rushing five. You might even get five one on ones, whatever the case may be. Um, And then you also can have your defensive backs or any of your cover guys, they can play a little bit more aggressively than cover zero and not necessarily worry about giving up a touchdown or getting beat over the top because they do have that one center fielder safety valve, so to speak. Certainly the inside defenders can. Like, for instance, if it's a two-by-two set with the offense where there's two slot receivers, the two slot uh corners or two slot defenders certainly can push their receiver to the middle of the field and play with a little of what we call outside leverage. Um, Now the outside corners, again, it's depending on the nature of the route and the throw. Very often they just have to play as if they don't have help because the help may not get there depending on, you know, the splits by the receivers. So then let's get Greg to two man. Um, and I'll start by letting you describe that. Two man is, again, it's a man-to-man concept, but now you have two deep safeties splitting the field in half, so you can only rush four because obviously it's a man coverage concept, so you're going to match up with the five man-to-man defenders versus five eligible receivers. You rush four makes nine defenders and now you have two deep safeties what we call playing in a two deep shell or in a split safety coverage so now this is where the concept of tailgating or undercutting routes really comes into play if you're going to play a lot of two-man Ross you don't need great great man-to-man corners because they have help behind them so they can allow a receiver to run by them they can get underneath him they can make it hard for in-breaking routes for quarterbacks because they're undercutting and tailgating and this is taught different ways uh, for corners but you can tailgate and undercut and those are hard throws then for quarterbacks because the window is not really there is it fair to say greg that this is the toughest coverage for a quarterback and a passing game to try to beat through the air. We'll get to the weakness in a second, but you got um, everybody man to man, and you got safety help on the to- over the top both sides. It's it's a, it can be a very tough coverage, yes, um, because some throws are, are more difficult for sure, particularly in breaking routes uh, and what a lot of defensive coordinators believe and in general the belief is that force quarterbacks to throw to the outside those are tougher throws uh, particularly intermediate throws to the outside so take away inside throws 
force the quarterback to throw outside, and those are much tougher throws. Now, you hit on a weakness. The weakness of of two-man coverage is you must be able to get pressure with a four-man rush, and not every team can with any consistency. So if the quarterback is not under pressure and he's comfortable in the pocket, it's hard, no matter what kind of man coverage you play, even two-man, to have man-to-man coverage on receivers for three, three point five, four seconds, then you get stuck. So if you can't rush the quarterback consistently with four, it's difficult to play two-man coverage as a foundational coverage. And really, Greg, what what I've seen as the weakness is because all of the uh, all of the man-to-man defenders are running with their the guy they're covering, and both safeties are deep, but you're only rushing four, if the quarterback has any kind of mobility, it can be easy yards on the ground because there's nobody looking at him. There's only four guys rushing. And so if you have a quarterback with any – I mean, it's. I feel like it's a really good coverage against a quarterback who's slow as molasses. But if that quarterback can run – I mean, he can run for first downs easily because everybody has right. their back turned to him. That's the other factor now in today's evolving NFL with quarterbacks who are far more mobile. Because what happens if you're playing two-man coverage is you're rushing four and everybody else is matched up man-to-man with two safeties who are 15 to 18 yards from the line of scrimmage. So now if your quarterback has the ability to run and gain yards – Defenders are locked on their man, and there no no one has eyes on the quarterback anywhere near the line of scrimmage. So your quarterback can run before. I remember when Colin Kaepernick first became a starter and before it became evident how dynamic he was as a runner, um, teams would play two man and he would just run for 20 yards because there was no one who had eyes on Colin Kaepernick. Now team defenses are more aware of quarterbacks who can run now. So what you have to do is you have to change the way you rush. You can't, you have to try to stay in what they call lanes and you can't have your outside rushers run past the quarterback. You know, there's all kinds of ways to rush. Now we, we don't have time to get into all that detail, but the point is it does impact your four man pass rush when the quarterback can run for first downs. If you're going to play two man coverage. Unbelievable stuff in part one there from Greg and I's conversation. You're going to love part two next week breaking down the zone coverages. You're also going to love myfrontpagestory.com for Father's Day. Look, let's be honest. Your dad loves the newspaper. He does. Your dad loves the newspaper. Get him the cover story he deserves. He will love it. Something truly unique and special. You don't really know what to get your dad. Nobody ever does. Get him a story from MyFrontPageStory.com. Just being able to tell your dad you had a story written about him is cool enough in and of itself. But then when you actually watch him read the story and you see him get a little choked up, the old man, it's awesome. MyFrontPageStory.com. Well, let's start today, Ross, with some of the comments and apologies that have dominated the football world since we spoke on Wednesday. First up, Vic Fangio getting eviscerated for comments about there being no racism in the NFL before later putting out a statement to apologize. 
So I am not going to spend that much time on uh, these things because I'm actually going to have Emmanuel Acho, who has a really impressive video series called Uncomfortable Conversations. I'm going to have him as Monday's guest, and I'm just going to throw some questions at him that I've heard from friends or even people working around the house, and I'm just going to throw the questions at him. And, and get his reaction, I think that's the most productive and best way to really handle some of these situations is ask the questions that I know people are asking and get um, you know an African-American's response uh, like Emmanuel Acho. So really looking forward to that. I will say uh, a few things. Number one is I got a lot of emails from you guys. Really, really appreciate it. Read every word of every one of them. And um, I'd like to think that one of my strengths is I'm very open to others' opinions and processing them and understanding them. So any emails you ever send me, ross at rostucker.com, are very well received. You know, Vic Fangio... Anything I say will come across as a defense of him, so I'm not going to say that. What I'm going to say is I never felt any racism as a player in a locker room. And I've actually talked, you know, Booger McFarland called me yesterday, and we were talking about it, and we were both saying, you know, I wish society could just be more like a locker room where nobody really cares what, the other people's race or religious preference or sexual orientation is all you care about is whether or not the guy works hard and plays and plays well and knows what he's doing. So it's funny to have that conversation. That's what I thought of first when I saw the Vic Fangio statements. And that's actually what Booger and I were talking about yesterday, but there's, there's more to it. And I'll talk to Emmanuel Lacho about that uh, for Monday's show. Takes. The next one is Drew Brees. He issued a statement and apology after saying on Yahoo Finance that he was still opposed to anyone that kneels during the national anthem. So again, you know what's interesting? The point I'll make here, Bri, is Monday we had a genuine debate as to whether or not I should talk about the horrific murder of George Floyd or racial inequality or social injustice or any of those things because it's a football podcast. Well, as I think we've realized Wednesday and now today, um, there's no choice. I mean, the three biggest football topics, maybe four biggest since Wednesday, all relate to racism, racial inequality, etc. So probably naive to me, naive of me to think that there would even be an opportunity to um, just, quote-unquote, stick to sports or allow this to be a, a place of, I don't want to say a reprieve, but a place where people can get the on-demand audio content that they're looking for. And lastly, new Bills quarterback Jake Fromm apologized for a 2019 text that said only, quote, elite white people should be allowed to get guns. So, you know, it might 
here's what I would say. This, nobody really cares necessarily about my opinion on these things. But this is, this is more concerning to me than what Vic Fangio or Drew Brees said. Because I, I can understand. I'm not condoning what Drew Brees or Vic Fangio said. But I think I can understand where they were coming from. I don't understand Jake Fromm. Now, we can get into someone publishing a personal text message, etc., as opposed to public statements by Vic Fangio and Drew Brees. But I don't think I've ever heard somebody say elite white people. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard that term before. So that I think that's probably the most concerning of the three. Brees, Fangio, and Fromm is probably from in a personal moment saying elite white people. I never heard anybody say that before. Takes. And hopefully you never will again. Meanwhile, Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott puts out a great statement and he commits a million dollars to the cause. I got to tell you, I love Dak Prescott. I love him as a player. I love him as a person. Um, you know, I didn't like that he had that social gathering at his house. I thought it was a bad example during coronavirus, whatever. But like, He's made like $4 million from the Cowboys. I know he's made a lot of money off the field. But still, has anyone committed more to the cause than Dak Prescott's $1 million? Think about all the people out there, all these teams that have so much money, all these organizations, all these owners, and a guy that's made $4 million from his job, Dak Prescott, commits a $1 million to the cause and was actually very specific about the issues and where he's donating the money and how he looks at it as possible solutions. That's what I'm into. I am really into hearing about uh, solutions to the problem and active steps to improve the situation. And that's exactly what Dak Prescott did. And I love him for it. Takes. Good on Dak Prescott. Uh, I like some good news. And some other good news, NFL coaches allowed back in the team facilities today. Right. I don't know how many teams will end up doing that, especially today, like a Friday. It's kind of a weird day to say, oh, yeah, come back in on a Friday. But I do think starting next week, you'll start to see more coaches come back. I just think that they need to really, really be careful about how they go about this. I've seen like Alabama has their players back on campus. They tested the players on Tuesday and then they worked out together. And then Wednesday they found out that five of them tested positive. Like what? Nobody should work out together until you have the test results, right? Like, am I missing something? Am I in bizarro world right now? Like everybody get tested, but then don't have them co-mingle and work out together until you know the results of the tests. I mean, I, I, I got to be missing something. Anyway, hope everybody enjoyed yesterday's Fantasy Feast podcast going over prop bets for rookie skill guys because that's awesome from a fantasy perspective and a betting perspective. It's like even money and Fantasy Feast um, combined. Really hope you guys enjoyed that. I know you're going to love the Emmanuel Acho conversation on Monday because I'm just telling you, these are the kind of, talking with Booger 
yesterday. And I might have Booger come on the show too. But these are the kind. I wish everyone could have just heard what Booger and I talked about for 30 minutes yesterday. We should have recorded it. Because that's what people need to hear. Two guys that really like each other, really trust each other, to, you know, asking the questions and going back and forth. And he says, well, why, you know, why do people say this? And, why, and I said, well, why do people think this? It was awesome. That, in my mind, is progress. Shout out Pizza Boy Brewing, NFLCliches.com, and DynastyFreaks.com. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.